Welcome to the Mindset Podcast for guardians of dogs who are just a little rough around the edges. I'm your host, Kaisa van Overbeek, a life coach dedicated to making life with your challenging dog feel less challenging, both by sharing stories of other people's similar experiences and by showing you how you can harness the power of your brain to make it work for you instead of against you. Welcome to another episode of Rough Around the Edges. And today's episode was brought about by something that's said pretty often in my household, and it's mainly said by me, which is basically do as I say, not as I do. You should all know that by now. And I often say this to my kids because I often dole out advice and then don't follow it myself. Because I'm only human, just like you. So sometimes I know what the right thing to do is, but I just don't do it. And then I basically get called out on it by my kids. And then I reply, well, you should know by now. You should do as I say, not as I do. And I thought about that. And one of the things that I often say or talk about in coaching is that you should focus on what you can control which is your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. And you should try and leave any other people out of it because you can never really know what they're thinking. All we do when we consider what they might be thinking is assume things. And as the other famous saying goes, assumptions are the mother of all F-ups. And then I realized that sometimes I do think it can actually be useful to consider someone else's perspective and to imagine what they're thinking. Maybe not just sometimes, maybe quite a lot of the time. But I say this after I have emphasized to my clients and to other people to first look at you know, what you are doing, what you can be thinking differently, because that's for sure under your control. However, Having said that, taking into account what someone else might be feeling, taking into account their perspective can actually help you regulate your nervous system and your emotions. Um, So I'm just going to give you some dog examples of this because this is a dog podcast, but you'll be able to think of other examples as well because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And of course, this whole idea of figuring out where somebody else is coming from applies across the board. Basically anything I tell you in this podcast applies across the board. So I had one person, part of a couple, talk to me about a situation where they were going to go out to a restaurant with their dog and their dog was a bit reactive but could usually deal with hanging out in restaurants pretty well if there wasn't too many distractions. So they like to do that. So the, this person sent their partner into the restaurant, you know, to scout it out to see if it wasn't t- too busy, overly crowded, if their dog uh, would be able to handle it. So they came back out and like, yes, I think it's good. We can go there. Let's have a fun night out at the restaurant or the pub or I forgot the specific type of place. But anyway, it looked like the dog could handle it. So they go in there, they have their beer or their food. I'm just imagining this, I I forget all the details, but I'm just trying to set a scene here. And then the dog's there, and then someone else brings in a dog. It gets missed. Their dog 
freaks out. That is just a thought, by the way, freaking out. But, you know, dog has a reaction. Everything seems to be ruined. And the person that was talking to me was like, well, I just wanted to get out of there. Because I'm like, okay, this evening is done now. We're done. Let's go. And basically wanted to, you know, up and leave. And then the partner says, this wasn't too bad. You know, why Why do we have to rush out of here? Why don't we stay? So the, the other person, imagine that that's you, goes, what? How can we stay here now? Don't you know the importance of preventing this kind of incident? The dog's completely over threshold. Now what? Don't you see what this is doing? All of that. So if we put the focus on, on our own thoughts, like I always say, you know, your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own actions, the thought there is probably something along the lines of my partner doesn't see the importance of this. Like if they were <laughs> to have gotten more involved and watched all these YouTube videos with me and if they'd actually paid attention in class, then maybe they wouldn't be so ignorant. Maybe they would be able to see that this is bad. Like, this is my dog's super over threshold. This is another setback. This is another negative experience for my dog. My partner just doesn't see it. OMG. So I can just imagine if these are your thoughts, like how you feel, and then what transpires after. I just see this sort of scene of, you know, I huff and I puff and I blow your house down. But in this case, it's I huff and I puff and I blow the pub down. And we get into a parking lot fight of epic proportions about nothing. We go home, the evening's ruined. And now not only is our dog over threshold, so to say, but so are we. So am I and my partner as well. So in this case, I figure it could be very useful to flip things around and think, but what could my partner be thinking in this situation? What else could be going on? Like Maybe their thought is, I know how much pub night out or date night out or this restaurant means to my partner. I know how much they love just being away from the house. And if I can just Make them see that this isn't all that bad, that this isn't all doom and gloom right away. Maybe they can still have a good evening. You know, maybe your partner's all, well, you know, what's done is done, but let's try to make the best of it. I wish the best on my partner. You know, which one calms your brain down more? Which one is less likely to lead to the parking lot? fight and the doomsday thinking of I might as well end this relationship because this partner is never going to get on board with my dog. Let's split up. This is, I don't know, end of the world type stuff. Even though it was between quotes, air quotes, just a reaction of your dog in the pub. Okay, so here's another one. Say that you share that you have anxiety about going to the vet with your dog. And this is a another real life example uh, and I was allowed to use it by the person who actually wrote something about this on their Instagram. So instead of you, I'm just going to say they because this is their story. So they shared that they had 
lots of anxiety about going to the vet with their dog. And there's so much stuff going on with their dog that, you know, whatever going on with Rusty's, well, there's not much going on with Rusty anymore at the time anyway. But, you know, it seems like nothing. So many anxiety issues, medical issues, all kinds of stuff. So going to the vet is just super, super stressful for the dog and by now for the guardian as well. So whenever you know, vet visits are your dog being a wreck, your dog needing to recover for days, weeks, whatnot, this sort of this image of your dog being dragged down the hallway uh, to get whatever it is done that needs to be done, fear-free vet or no fear-free vet, it's just disaster all around. Um, so this person posted this on Instagram. And there was one of the comments that said, you just shouldn't be so anxious about it. It's just a vet checkup. You should control your anxiety. Your dog's just going to feel it and pick up on it. All it is, is a vet visit. Oh, <laughs> if this, if this can be triggering for sure. So again, if you're focusing on what you're making it mean yourself and what was going on for this person in first instance as well was, thinking, well, you condescending piece of shh beep. You have no idea of my life. You have no idea of the recovery time. You have no idea of how much time and energy I've already put into this dog. I'm about to strangle you. So here again, consider if you flip it. Consider what goes through your mind if you think of where this person is coming from and I took this I took this example because I thought it was amazing how this person did this on Instagram was just great they they actually came up with that idea and flipped it and thought where are they coming from what's their thought process and they're like well they're coming from having always had so to say a regular dog from never having known a dog like the one that I have or the one that this person on Instagram had they don't know what it's like to have this dog. They have this standard average, maybe has some tr problems, but nothing crazy dog, which is great for them. It's fantastic. They're coming from a place also of where they believe that what they're saying is true because, again, they've never had a dog like the one that I have. Good for them. All of this is just them trying to be helpful and going, hey, you know, no need to be anxious. Your dog's just going to be anxious. It's not going to help anyone. No need there. It is just the vet. If you think of it like that, it's way less triggering. Like, good for them that they've never had a dog like that. So all of this is thinking of what the other person could be thinking and how that could actually be something positive, how those could be good thoughts. I always call them the lovey-dovey thoughts. And when you consider that, that usually helps, like I said, you regulate your emotional world, your, your nervous system, so that it doesn't immediately go to doom and gloom, worst case scenario, and basically sort of takes the sting out of things. It very much helps, you know, reduce the number of of fights in relationships for sure 
But the same thing can happen if when you're thinking of the other person, you're not necessarily considering that they're having lovey-dovey thoughts, but just simply considering their side of the story and their thinking and where they're coming from can help you on your side of the story. So an example of that could be um, like your partner. Again, we're, we're in the relationship sphere for this um, podcast. Um, your partner is snapping at your dog or at you. And your thought, if, if you're you know, in your brain and, and monitoring what's going on in your brain, there's something going on like, well, this is no way to talk to me. I don't have to accept this. Like, which surely is your right, okay? For sure. But all that that is bound to do is get you all riled up, yeah? So again, if you were to flip it and make it about the other person and what they could be thinking or what could be going on for them, then what? So maybe they've had a super bad day at work. They're tired, short-fused, and their snippiness has absolutely zero, nothing to do with the dog or you. And you could just use that and go, huh, okay, well, I guess they're having a bad day. What do you know? You might even, from that realization, ask them and go like, uh, hey, bad day? Do you want me to leave you alone? Can I get you something? Do you want to talk about it? Which, again, allows you to react completely differently <laughs> and also, again, comes down your nervous system from... The other scenario in which you're thinking, well, this is no way to talk to me. This is no way to talk to me. Completely different reaction from, well, I guess they're having a bad day. This doesn't mean that them being snippy at you or raising their voice at you or at your dog doesn't trigger you and that you don't want to address it at some point. But it's not like you're going to change that in the moment. Because what do you think your chances are of bringing this discussion to a good end? When your partner is in freak out mode. I mean, I want to say your chances are slim to zero of you going, I don't appreciate you talking to me right now in this tone. I would appreciate you calming down first and dealing with your stuff before you bring it here and make it my problem. And you think that conversation is going to go. It doesn't mean that you don't address it at a different time. It doesn't mean that you don't bring it up. But you bring it up at a time that both of you are in a better emotional state, I want to say. That there is more of a possibility of an outcome that looks the way you want it to look. And still, your partner is going to be your partner. So if they're snippy or shouty and that's the way they are, obviously if they want to, and if they want to make the effort, they're going to try and, and maybe change that. And sometimes they may be successful and sometimes they might not be. And maybe if they don't want to change it and if they don't see the problem with it, they're never going to change it. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to stay riled up all the time? Or are you going to go, yeah, they're probably having a bad day. Which one's going to make you feel better? Going back to this person commenting on on the vet visit, for example, if you were to choose to react when you're coming from this person is condescending or when you're coming from good for this person that they've never had to deal with this stuff before. It's a totally different reaction and it's also a totally different feeling for you. The other example as well, you know, the the pub example. You might still want to have the conversation about minimizing exposure to triggers with your partner at some point 
But how will you address it in that pub parking lot when subconsciously your brain is telling you that, hey, partner, I don't think you care enough. How do you think it's going to come out? How do you think the conversation is going to go? It's probably not going to go well. So you might want to save that for later and just answer your partner in that moment coming from this place of, huh, well, I guess they care so much for me that they just want me to have a nice evening. It's like using what you think they could be thinking to reel in your inner hulk and respond better in the moment. And then later on, you might come back to your thoughts and what you were thinking in the moment to sort of fish out what it was that was important to you in that moment, what was so triggering to you, and then to bring that theme at a time that the other person is more open to talking about it and to receiving it, if at all. So it's like my thoughts were that they don't understand the importance of giving or of keeping, sorry, a dog under threshold. That's where your brain was going. My thoughts were that they don't see enough. They don't see enough. That's not it. That they don't see the importance of this threshold phenomena enough. Okay, so that's information for you. And that's the kind of information that you then want to bring to the table later on. But in the moment is not the way to go. So in the moment, you try and figure out what could the other person be thinking. Again, like I said, to reel in the inner hulk. And then use whatever it was that you were thinking to have a discussion at another point in time. Same thing with the snipping and the shouting. If the thought that's coming to mind to you is shouting at me is not acceptable and I want to have a conversation with my partner about that, then that's the information that your thoughts gave you. What you can do is focus on what they could have been thinking or going through to allow you to regulate your nervous system in the moment. Oh, they must have been having a bad day. That's why they're shouting. It has nothing to do with me. Fine, I can deal with it now. And then use what was coming up in your thoughts. I don't want to be shouted at to put on the table for a discussion later on. And you can use this anywhere, right? Not just with your dog. You can use it when your parents aren't crazy about your plans to move forward with your life. Maybe you're excited about giving up your job and becoming a dog trainer. Maybe you want to travel the world. Or maybe you're standing behind your child who's pursuing a career in the arts and your parents, the grandparents, are freaking out. What might they be thinking? What angle might they be coming from? Maybe all they want is security and well-being and health for their children and their grandchildren. And to their knowledge, that is by following the well-defined career path. So it's not that they hate your idea. It's actually that they care for you and they want to keep you safe. Again, that might help with your reactions. Instead of it looking like, well, I thought you would be happy for me. Your reaction might then be, well, okay, yeah, I guess I know this is scary for you. And I know that because you care for me and you want the best for me. And still I'm going to do it anyway. Or... I'm going to stand behind your grandkid anyway. And when they've then had a chance to get over the shock, you can spend some time explaining your point of view. If they're open to it. 
And if they're not, there's nothing stopping you from still thinking. It's that they care. And this is them showing that they care. So all this to say that sometimes considering what the other person is thinking and feeling can be useful for you as well to regulate your emotions, to have you show up in a better way, and definitely in a way that reduces fights and arguments. Now, fair warning and full disclosure, do I always succeed in doing this? Hell to the no. Doesn't mean that I don't know that it works and that I get to tell you about it. Um, So again, this is where I urge you to try to do as I say and not to do as I sometimes still do. And just know, if at first you don't succeed, you get to not beat yourself up about it and to try it again another day. That's what I have for you today. You can find the show notes to this episode and everything coaching on my website, kaisafanoverbake.com, or you can go find us on Instagram at the Russ Cattle Dog, or maybe even Facebook, Kaisafanoverbake Coaching. If you like listening to this, podcast might I ask you for a good review on whichever platform you're listening to the podcast to because it helps us move up in the rating which helps us be found more easily so that more people can listen to this more people can benefit from it more people can feel as I always say less alone in where they stand with their dogs <laughs>